getting a lot of feedback up here. Father, we just quiet our hearts before you. Lord, again, we just say that this is your time. This is your people. Lord, your, your hearts. Our hearts are yours, Lord. Um, and we invite you to just to come and to, to speak and to also work, Lord, to bring about hope and understanding and, Lord, just deeper revelation of you. Lord, so that not only can we be free, but again, Lord, when we're free, we're able to be used of You. And so, Lord, we just, we just invite that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Over the past several weeks, months, the Lord's been showing us um, ways that He wants to use us. He's been encouraging us um, to open ourselves up to Holy Spirit, Um, to seek out the gifts that He would work through us um, so that we can minister to one another, so that we can minister to the community uh, at large, people around us. Um, And the Lord has us on that path. But one of the things that the Lord is showing me is that obviously Satan wants to sabotage this. He does not want it to happen. One of the ways that he works, one of his greatest tools um, is to take hurt people and use them to hurt other people. Now, here's the kicker. We are the hurt people. Whether you will recognize it, whether you will admit it, you have hurts in your heart that need healing. And even if you won't admit it, and I'm not talking to other people, I'm talking if you won't admit it to yourself, the enemy will use it and he will use it to convince you to actually hurt other people, the very thing that you don't want to do. And it may not even be your intention. Have you ever come upon a wounded animal? A wounded animal can be very dangerous because that wounded animal is in a place of mistrust. It's just been hurt. It's been hurt deeply. And that wounded animal looks at you as, are you here to hurt me or are you here to help me? Even if your intentions are the best. And that's where we find ourselves when we don't find inner healing. So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning, but but first of all, I I just want to say this. Um, The Lord is is showing us ways that He wants to bring that about. So one of those ways that I want to share with you, um, and and we move in, in ministries that God's showing us, we're trying to open ourselves up and we're trying to say, Lord, you have control and not get ahead of him. And so I don't know what all this looks like. Um, but one of the things and one of the ways that the Lord works is that he will oftentimes, when I have a hurt, okay, and I've buried it and it needs healing, a lot of times I can't even see that. And I have a really hard time expressing that to you. And so one of the ways that the Lord will often work is that he will speak through the heart of somebody else. And so he may speak 
to Trevor here or to somebody else to speak into me that I need healing. And so if you are aware of that, and you're aware that you need something like that, one of the things that you can do is that during our uh, time when we have Sunday schools going on, we've got an open prayer room. And we've got people in there that are there to hear from the Lord and to speak healing into you. So I just want you to know that, that that's one of the places that you can go. Secondly, when we're done here, when the Lord says that I've talked enough, and there are songs that come on, um, the purpose of that time, if the Lord's not doing anything else, you're welcome to sing, okay? <laughs> but the purpose of that time is that we would be open to minister to one another. So I want you to be very aware of that, okay? Um, that if the Lord moves on you to, to speak a word into somebody or to pray on somebody, I want you to go do that, okay? Uh, or, or seek out the Lord, whatever it is. Um, I, I don't, I, 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 I share that because of this. I don't want to be too controlling of it because I find that when I am, that the Lord doesn't work as much. But when I just let Him have it, He just, He takes over, okay? But I just, I want to speak that into you, okay? That during that time, that's what that's for. All right, so let's talk about this a little bit. Let's talk about wounded people wounding others. Uh, I want to take you back a few years, and I've shared this a number of times, but I, I just, it just, man, it goes to the heart of what I'm talking about. After Nikki and I had uh, finished or uh, finished a big part of our education, we were ready to, for the Lord to use us. And so there was a ministry opportunity several states away, way out west. And in order to be a part of that ministry, uh, we were going to have to earn our own salaries, which we did. We were going to have to leave everything that we had known, which we did. But it was all because we knew that God was going to use us in a powerful way. And so the risks and the sacrifices, they were worth it. And so we packed our bags, uh, we spent time uh, raising money, and we went and for number of years, we were a part of this ministry that was all about inner healing. It was all about inner healing for Christian leaders, and we were giving ourselves to it. But instead of working from a place of rest, we found that the ministry was asking us to work every single day. I mean, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you just keep on going. And if you've ever been in that place... You reach a place where you got nothing left. You've got nothing left, and instead of being a vessel to heal others, you find yourself breaking down more and more and more. And so we went to the people that were over this ministry, and they were people that we were close with, that we had shared our lives with, that we had left our lives to be with, okay? These were people that we trusted dearly, and we said, listen, we're at a breaking point here, something's got to change. And they looked at us and said, I'm sorry, I really don't see it changing. And so at that point, we had to make some decisions. And we finally came to the point where we said, well, then we can't. Because we've we got nothing left. And so we shared that with them. At that point, they got scared. They got scared because here were two people who were a part of their ministry telling them that we're getting ready to leave. 
And the thing is, is that when somebody leaves the ministry, all of a sudden people start talking, well, what's going on? What's going on? And so they got scared and they thought, we need to cover our tracks here. We need to make sure that we look like the good guys and Kirk and Nikki, they look like the bad guys. So what happened was they began to share things that we had told them in private, things of struggles and so on in our own hearts. And I don't have to tell you how that cuts deep because you've had it happen to you as well. You've had people that you have trusted, that you have given up things for, and in a moment of vulnerability, they used things that they knew to hurt you for whatever reason it was. It doesn't matter because all you know is you've been hurt. And from that point, we didn't know where to go, so we just went back to where we came from. We went back to where we came from, and it felt like everything was dashed. Uh, We continued to attend churches, but we were never a part of anything. We just sat in the background. And I began to throw myself into the world, and we were hurt, and we were wounded. But the Lord began to bring some healing and call us back out of it. But you know what? That pattern continued, even in coming here. I won't go into details, but some of you who have been here a while, you know. There were people that I walked closely with who later said, you're a wolf, (laughs) you're Hitler, you're Satan, whatever it is. And the thing is, is that, you know, it's one thing when somebody that you're guarded against says something like that, but when it's somebody that you've opened yourself up to. So hear me, hear me here, okay? Here's my point. My point is not you look at me and feel sorry because I'm saying that every one of us have this. And here's the deal. We need healing. Because right now, right now, God wants to move in a mighty way. We are a body, okay? And as Corinthians says, that means that you're only a part of the body. You're not the whole thing. And that means that you need others and I need you. I need some of the gifts that God has given you, okay? But in order for you to use those gifts, you've got to be willing to trust and open up, and many of us are not. You see, because when I first came here, as you know, I kept people at a distance. And then on top of that, even though I kept people at a distance, I let some people in, and then it didn't work out so well. And so the enemy's constant temptation is that I keep people at a distance, And the deal is, if you're approaching me and I'm stiff-arming you, it's going to hurt. And what the Lord is showing me is that right now, we are hurting one another to a certain degree. And if God is going to use us the way that He wants to, we must seek inner healing so that we don't continue to hurt one another. Some of you are withdrawn. Some of you are withdrawn. And the crazy thing is, I get withdrawn, but I have a really hard time with withdrawn people. (laughs) Because I'm not the guy who who really chases someone, you know? Uh, And so, if I start to open up to someone and they stiff arm me, oh man, I have a hard time with that. But for those of you who are like me, we've got to find inner healing so that we'll open up and we'll quit stiff arming people. For some of you, um, it's not so much withdrawn. For some of you, 
the enemy is using you to speak about others in a negative light. And the reason is, is because maybe you fear them, or maybe you've been hurt by them. And instead of seeking healing, instead of that, you're allowing the enemy to use you to speak out. And it has its effect. Do you hear what I'm saying? This, this has to be dealt with because it's not good for you and it's not good for others. And the thing is, is that the Lord is able to bring healing. But you've got to be willing and you've got to open up. I want to talk this morning about, first of all, how that happens, how the enemy gets us there. And then I want to talk about how do we receive healing. And in order to do that, I want to go to the Gospel of Matthew Matthew chapter 26. This morning we're going to be looking at Judas. Judas was involved in one of the most famous betrayals of all time. And the bad part about that is, is that because it's so famous, we kind of just scan over it and we really don't put ourselves in the shoes of Judas. Because You know, we read in Scripture about how Jesus knew all along it was going to happen. It was prophesied, okay? This was known this was going to happen. And you have Jesus, you know, saying the negative things. And so because of that, we look at it and we say, well, I can't relate to that. You know, Judas, he was just a bad guy. That's who he was, and that's not who I am. Judas was a hurt guy. Judas was not different than you or I. We are similar. And just like Judas, we have to make choices. Will we seek inner healing? Will we allow the Lord to mend us and speak into us? Or will we act out of hurt and then hurt others? That's the question. In the text this morning, it's just a few verses. I want to read that and share it with you. And then I want to talk about what led up to it. In chapter 26 of Matthew, in the 14th verse, it says this. It says, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests and asked, How much will you pay me to betray Jesus to you? And they gave him 30 pieces of silver. From that time on, Judas began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. Now what I want you to see in there is that Judas sought out other people in order to betray Jesus. He was the one that was motivated to do it. Now here's the question though. Why was he motivated? Do not paint Judas as uh, someone who knew what he was doing. He had no clue what he was doing. Afterwards, the Scripture declares that he was blown away that Jesus was crucified. He didn't know that that was about to happen. He was so overcome uh, with sorrow for it, he went out and hung himself. He was nothing but a pawn of Satan. He was a pawn of Satan. But here's what you need to hear. The reason that he became a pawn of Satan is because... He let hurt inside of him grow, and instead of seeking healing, he let the enemy come into him and speak uh, betrayal to him. And he made agreements, and, and he went with it. And he didn't know that that's what he was doing. 
He didn't know that he was making agreements with the enemy. When Judas first followed Jesus, do not think for a second that he said to himself, okay, I'm going to go follow Jesus for a while because eventually I want to betray him and I want to turn him over to end his ministry so that he dies. Judas had no clue, again, what was going to happen. Even Satan did not know what was going to happen, okay? Satan does not have all knowledge. Scripture makes that clear over and over. God knew what was going to happen, but neither Satan nor Judas knew. Judas, for him to follow Jesus, his only motivation could have been, I see something here and I want to be a part of it. I don't believe Judas had bad motives at all when he first followed Jesus. Because when he followed Jesus, he didn't know what it was going to look like. All that he knew is that just like the other disciples, Jesus was saying, follow me, turn away from everything else, and you don't know what this is going to look like. That's what he asked of every one of us. We don't really know what it's going to look like. We just see something in Jesus that looks good, and we want to be a part of it, and so we start walking. And so that's what Judas did. Judas wanted to be a part of something that he saw in Jesus. But as he began to walk with Jesus, the problem is this. The problem is, he didn't seek healing for his issues. Scripture declares in other Gospels that um, Judas was made kind of the treasurer of the group. Now again, when Jesus called him to him, I don't think he knew he'd be the treasurer. He just saw it was a gifting of his. So he said, hey, why don't you be the treasurer? Well, Judas, not only was he gifted in these things, he also had an issue with it. He liked to skim a little off the top. And I want to say this to you. You may look at him and say, oh, well, he's a bad guy. No. Because every one of us have our issues. And here's what we do with our issues. We don't normally just say, well, I don't care. We justify. And I guarantee you that Judas was not looking at himself like a bad guy. He was justifying. Well, I've given up this. I've given up that. I've been doing more than these other guys. I deserve some of this. This is mine. This is rightfully mine. Some of you are... We just came through tax season. I guarantee you in this crowd... There is a number of you that cheated on your taxes. And you know what? When you did it, you said, this is my money, I deserve it. That's how you justified yourself. And by the way, you can continue on down that path, but eventually, if you don't turn from that path, you'll end up just like Judas. You'll end up in a place of sorrow and just wanting to take yourself out. Okay. And so instead of Judas dealing with his stuff, he continued on down that path. And so, in two of the Gospels, we find um, something that happened right before Judas went to betray Jesus. Uh, In this Gospel, Matthew, and in one other, it it shares this. Uh, Just above verse 14, there's a scene where a woman comes in and she breaks a jar of perfume and pours it over Jesus. It was a lavish act of worship to prepare him for the burial that was coming up. God was moving in her in a powerful way. But because Judas hadn't dealt with his issues and been honest with them, 
he looked and he said, this is terrible. This, this perfume was worth a year's wages that could have been sold. We could have gotten the money and given it to the poor. And part of the Gospels tell us that in his heart he was thinking, and I'd get a little extra from it. But here's the thing. He criticized this woman's worship in front of the disciples and in front of Jesus. And here was the response that Jesus gave. Now, I, I want to say this. Some of the Gospels just say the disciples criticized the woman, but the, the Gospel of John says it was Judas. And so most likely the scene is, Judas was probably the ringleader, and probably some of the others said, yeah, that makes sense. Well, here was the response that Jesus gave. In verse 10, He said this. He said, why criticize this woman for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. She has poured out this perfume on me to prepare my body for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deed will be remembered and discussed. Jesus called Judas and those who went along with him on this out on the carpet. And he didn't do it He did it in a public way. And the reason he did it in a public way is because Judas was throwing out his criticism in a public way. So I want you to think about this. You have a guy who started off following Jesus, but he's got some issues. He doesn't deal with them. He just keeps going deeper and deeper. And eventually those issues lead him to being openly critical of a woman who's lavishly worshiping Jesus, and because of that, he receives some open criticism. He looks bad. What happens when somebody makes you look bad or you perceive they've made you look bad? Heaven help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of you, now some of you, you you're, you're open and you'll be direct about it. Some of you are really sneaky. Oh, you'll do it with a smile on your face. You'll do it in a way that no one would say, oh, they're, they're, they don't have good intentions. Oh, no. You'll do it in a way that gets the job done, but you can't be pinned for it. Well, you know what? Judas was no different than us. He was hurt. And at that point, he had a choice. His choice was to repent, seek some healing from God. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't like getting called out on the carpet on things. And here's the bad part, I'm a sinner. I sin. Sometimes I need called out, but I don't like it. But I have a choice to make. When God calls me out, I can either humble myself and repent, or here's what happens. I start looking to get back at the people that maybe he's used. And that's what Judas did. Judas decided, you know what? (laughs) I don't have to take this. I know some people who are out to get you. And I can hand deliver you. And that's what I'm going to do. Do not think for a minute that Judas had any clue how the enemy was using him. Scripture declares multiple times that Satan entered him. He doesn't know that. He does not know that. He is simply thinking to himself, Jesus hurt me, I'm going to hurt him. And so he handed him over. 
And then Scripture declares that eventually, as we know, because God wanted it to happen, He died. And Judas was so overcome with grief, he went out and he hung himself. Now I want you to think about this. It was Satan that led him to betray Jesus. Once Satan was done with him, he didn't embrace him and say, hey, I've got more work for you. He convinced him to take himself out. Now, you may look at Judas and say, I could never be that, but hear me. You can be used of the enemy. Because I want you to think about this. Here's the amazing part of this. Judas was being led by someone who was perfect. Perfect. He had no sin. His pastor was perfect. You are being led by imperfect, really messed up people. So if Satan could convince Judas that he needed to betray Jesus, do you not think that he can convince you that you need to betray someone close to you? Because maybe you need to do it before they hurt you. Because you've been hurt before and you're not going to let it happen again. There is a better way. Satan is an absolute master at this. Scripture records that Satan was once a servant of God. He was an angel of God. He served him. And Scripture declares that his beauty was like none other. But here's the deal. Satan decided it wasn't enough. I want more. He thought, God's holding out on me. And many times when we're hurt, that's where we go. God's holding out on me. God's taking something away from me. And so we lash out at God and anybody else who represents Him. But here's the key. Not only did Satan betray God and leave heaven, but Scripture seems to say that about a third, according to Revelation chapter 12, about a third of the angels went with him. Satan not only convinced Judas to betray Jesus, the perfect one, Satan convinced a third of the angels to betray God, and they had seen him and seen all his glory. Judas, not only was Jesus perfect, Jesus moved in the absolute power of the Spirit. Jesus saw miracle after miracle. So hear this. If you think that as God begins to move among us, and you begin to see signs and wonders and miracles and healings and all that, if you think that that's going to be enough, and we're all just going to be happy and and nobody's going to hurt anybody, you are sadly mistaken. Judas was a part of it all. But Judas didn't get the inner healing that he needed. And so although he had seen Jesus move in those powerful ways... He betrayed Him. And if He can convince them, He can convince us. One more example to prove my point. Garden of Eden. Adam and Eve. They're in the presence of God. Once again, the perfect one. They're in Eden. Everything is perfect. They betray God. Why? Because the enemy is so clever that He speaks into them, God is holding out on you. 
Here's the deal. Whatever your hurt is, the enemy has come in, and if you haven't found healing, you've made agreements with the enemy. I don't know what those agreements are. You may not even know what those agreements are. But the thing is, is that you need healing. You need healing, or you are going to be a vessel that hurts others. Throughout our lives, we need healing. This is not just for a few broken weirdos. We're all broken. All of us. And I, I, I find that, you know, my life, you've probably heard this before, is kind of like an onion peel, and God keeps going deeper and deeper inside of me. And sometimes He'll pull something out that happened when I was eight years old. He's like, I want to bring some healing on this. I didn't know it was an issue. Turns out, my whole personality's been formed around some of this stuff that went on back then. And if you think that's psychobabble, it's not. Because when you look at the Word, the enemy looks for opportunities. Ah, somebody's wounded. This is my opportunity. I'm going to sweep in and I'm going to speak some stuff. All about what's being held back from them and what they need to do to protect themselves. You are on a destructive path and it will not end well. But God offers something different. What does He offer? He offers healing. And you may not be able to sort it out yourself. You're probably not able to sort it out yourself, but God can speak it through. When we talk about prophetic giftings, that's what those things are for. So that God can reveal things through others. And so I just want to invite you to be courageous. If God is stirring your heart this morning and He's bringing something to mind, I, I want you to seek somebody out and, and have them pray over you. Um, but if maybe you don't even know what it is, then go to someone. Maybe God's speaking to you that somebody else needs some healing and they don't even see it. Be bold. Go. Be humble, but be bold. God wants to bring some healing because He doesn't want to see this seed of hurt and woundedness turn into betrayal because it will destroy what God wants to do. I mean, it's the oldest thing in the book, but it continues on and on. God, we just invite You to work. We invite You to come and just bring healing. And we just invite You to do that however You want to do that. I don't know what that looks like exactly, Lord. But You do. And so, Holy Spirit, would You move among us? Lord, as we worship here, would You just move among us? And would You just give revelation? Would You give words of knowledge? Would You give words of wisdom, Lord? We just invite You to move among us. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand please as we engage in ministry.